Hi there, and welcome to the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We're Alana, Paris, and Kyle, friends who have a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. On our podcast, we weekly discuss topics that are typically left in the shadows, and we do our best to shine God's light and love onto them. Welcome here. Welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. Kyle and I are here. We're going to be chatting through another Opposites episode. But before we dive into it, I want to share a five-star review we got from Amy Lynn. Amy Lynn. And she said, I love this podcast so much. I love their spiritual but practical way of talking about sexuality and how it is inherently part of us all. They share such good tips and I love them for it. So the opposite we are going to be chatting about today is is more than one thing. It's kind of, um, okay, so it's wants. But I feel like that blankets a lot of things. So whether it's, um, you know, differences where you want to live or differences in what you want to do in the bedroom or what you even want to do in the bedroom. Um, I feel like at some point we've all come across some sort of opposite in our marriage. And I was when I was looking it up, I actually came across a study that showed 80% of people have experienced a desire discrepancy with their partner in the past month, which is interesting, which I don't know. Do you think they mean like they want sex and their partner doesn't like a drive or just more? Des- I guess it's not necessarily drive. It's just desire. Yeah. Those words could be used interchangeably. So I'm not right. sure exactly what the context is here, but either mm-hmm. way, this doesn't really surprise me. Whether it is the drive or whether it is the, like, I want this and he or she doesn't. Right. Yeah. I think because it can cover so many different things, I can, yeah, you can easily see how there'd be different discrepancies. So the website also said communal strength or a person's motivation to meet their partner's sexual needs plays an important role in the decision to engage in sex. In situations that involve coercion or where a person ignores their own needs do not lead to the same benefits. Do you remember like what kind of website this was? Was this yeah, a Christian it was like, website? It wasn't. It was Psychology Today. Okay, because this part where it says a person's motivation to meet their partner's sexual needs is really interesting because mm. the whole idea of like sacrificially loving and serving your partner, mm-hmm. a very biblical idea being presented on a, you know, a secular website is really interesting yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it was talking about how, um, when you were motivated to meet your partner's sexual needs without the expectation of immediate reciprocation, So like they were less concerned with the negatives of having sex, like feeling tired the next day, but instead they were more focused on like the benefits to their partner engaging in the sex, making them feel, and their partner feel like loved and desired. Yeah, I think that's huge. I mean, that that right there does not surprise me either, right? When Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. it's like the whole idea of giving a gift, right? When you give someone a gift that they really, really love, like you feel so good and some people might even feel better than if they get the gift they want yeah yeah that's true and to touch on it I wanted to touch on it quickly while you mentioned it so you touched on sacrificial love which is a biblical thing of course um so we wanted to put a scripture to kind of cover this 
um, opposites episode because I think it's important because we are kingdom sexuality to have obviously God's view on this as well. And so I think to skip, you know, to kind of blanket cover this entire episode in that selflessness is going to be key. Um, I just want to read Ephesians 5, 1, 2. And it says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So to start, I feel like that just is, like we're just like giving away the ending. But <laughs> um, that sacrificial love is what's going to be really helpful in you trying to navigate having different wants or desire discrepancy or whatever it is within your marriage that you're trying to navigate. So what would be some examples of opposite wants? So I shared a couple to start, but like what would, when you think of that, Kyle, what do you think of? Um, I think you could look at this from like a position standpoint. I mean, every couple probably has their go-to positions that they love and they know work and kind of like, I don't know, maybe you have like a rotation of a few or whatever, but like everyone has that one or two or few positions that you know work and they're just kind of your go-tos. So I would say if one person wants to like try something new and I would say try something new just in general could be a different want. Like one person wants to try something new, the other person likes to stick with what they know and what they know works right so that idea of the unknown could be scary yeah um and i I would say that just basically that blanket statement covers everything someone wants to try something new the other partner doesn't Mm -hmm. but if you want to get more specific you could be things like oral sex um maybe a wife doesn't want to perform oral sex on her husband or husband doesn't want to give his wife oral sex um that could absolutely be a difference of want, whether it's on the receiving or the giving end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like when you say that, there's so many different reasons why a person would feel the way they do, which, okay, I guess we can kind of get into. So I laid out a couple thoughts when it came to this. And the first thing that came to my mind was when you're having a difference in wants and we're kind of talking specifically bedroom wants, right? That's, yeah. I mean, it's kind of what we're about. So let's just hone in on that. Um, first thing that comes to mind for me would obviously be communication. Everybody together now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One, two, three. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just where you're having the conversation where, okay, no, actually, Kyle, what do you think an example of a communication about this topic? What would that look like? So like I shared, I don't know if it was last week or a couple episodes ago, but I love questions. So I like Mm -hmm. to form things in a question rather Mm -hmm. than just give a statement of, I want to do this. Rather say, hey, I was on Instagram and this awesome account, Kingdom Sexuality, posted about ways to spice things up. And one of them (laughs) was, use your mouth. What do you think about that, babe? And then Mm -hmm. just like start a conversation about it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of questions. So ask questions. Mm-hmm. Don't start off with a statement if possible. And 
because it comes across less intimidating when it's in the form of a question or less threatening. It yes. comes across way more passive and gentle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, when you ask those questions, which I feel like I've said before, but you have to be willing to hear what the answer is going to be, even if it's not what you're hoping for. <laughs> Absolutely. this That's something that I had to learn. Something that took me way too long to learn, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like this whole episode is my wife and I's sex life in marriage if for like the past six, seven years. I would say basically mm. up until this year-ish did yeah. we finally start to get this figured out. Mm-hmm. And what you just said is so key. Like if I want something or want to try something and I bring it to my wife and I, we have a conversation about it, I have to be okay hearing no or not yet or I'm not comfortable yeah. with that or whatever mm-hmm. the version of no or maybe or later is. Yeah. If it's not the answer I want, I still have to be okay with that. And that I think that right there is part of sacrificially loving is there's there's two ways, and this has been the difficult balance for us, was there's both partners can sacrificially love. The partner who doesn't want to do the thing can sacrificially love by doing the thing they don't want to do. Yeah. Or the partner who wants the thing can sacrificially love by laying down their want of what they know the other person doesn't want to do Mm -hmm. yeah and so eventually someone's going to have to sacrifice and this goes back to our episode on uh a.m. p.m. night owls and morning people like it all comes down to compromise Mm -hmm. and how well can you compromise and serve your spouse is going to um, be the factor of how successful you guys are in overcoming this opposite. Mm-hmm. What about the couple where one of them feels like they're always the one who's compromising? Um, I think I'd say like, you don't have to always, you don't always have to compromise. You don't have to be the person always compromising. Yeah. And I mean, if you, yeah, I mean, if you are upset with the fact that you're compromising, I was going to say that, know it's okay to always compromise but this person that you're just saying in the example is not okay with it so right that so that person is again have a conversation hey babe Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm always the one compromising when it comes to you know doing new things in our sex life like how do you feel about that do you feel like I'm compromising all the time or right I mean, maybe just ask them like, hey, do you think we could back off on the trying new things for a little bit and just go back to what we used to do? Yeah. And just, again, question, right? Bring it up as a question. Yeah. And start the conversation that way. Yeah. No, that's really good. And I think something that'd be helpful too is to sort of gather facts on different perspectives. So I had seen this in an article where it was talking about, so where you sort of interview each other on your own sort of perspectives, obviously without interrupting or without cutting each other off when the other is sharing, but to find out exactly what it is you're disagreeing on or what exactly you're not seeing eye to eye on or what exactly you don't want to, what you don't want or what your spouse doesn't want, because maybe there's, there needs to be some clarity. Um, because say, you know, Maybe it's not actually what you think it is. So for example, before you were saying oral. So maybe 
Um, you know, the woman doesn't want to do oral, but she doesn't actually realize that there's like roots that she's, oh, she's actually experiencing shame about this because for so long culture told her, you know, like that's a dirty thing to do. You don't do that before you're married. And now she's married and she's like, well, I'm still not supposed to do this. And you're like trying to get your mind to be okay with it now would be really difficult. Um, or you're just really unsure of yourself. And so you feel, you know, super nervous about it because, well, no, I don't really want to try that because I haven't ever tried it and I'm scared I'm going to fail or it's new and scary. So, um, I think, I mean, it's kind of under communication in the same sense, cause you're still probably having these conversations, but to actually be able to dialogue back and forth about, you know, like, like you said, a question, what do you think makes you uneasy to try this thing? Um, right. Like, how do you think we can try and combat that together? Obviously, you're not trying to strong arm them into agreeing with you and do the thing, but to just still try and dialogue it out because maybe there's something that you both are kind of misunderstanding about each other regarding the thing. Yeah, and I want to quickly circle back to one thing you said there about not mm. strong arming the other person because I think that can be a huge temptation to yeah. get your way is to strong arm or make the other person feel guilty or like that kind of stuff. I think that can Mm -hmm. be a really big temptation, especially if one partner is frustrated because they don't feel like they're getting their way. That can be a temptation to resort to that, to get your way. And I would say to that person, it's not worth it because even if you get what you want, it's not going to be as good if the other person were to joyfully do it versus just reluctantly do it. Yeah. No, you're here. That's really good. Yeah. And so, like you already mentioned, I think compromise is also going to be a big part of this. Um, Figuring out, like, what's negotiable? What's not? What are you, you know, is there some sort of middle ground between, you know, whether it's like, okay, I want to try this position where you're upside down and backwards and you're like, okay, well, (laughs) is there some sort of middle ground we could try here like can I just be backwards like do I yeah that's exactly (laughs) what I was gonna say just backwards not upside down (laughs) exactly which is yeah again you'll just have to have those conversations to be like you know what I'm comfortable with this part of what you're saying but this part makes me still a little bit uncomfortable for now until I'm more you know used to this or until some more time has passed and I have some time to think it through can we just do this yeah yeah I really like this um um, Tony and Lisa from One Extraordinary Marriage, they mm. have a phrase called no's and not yet's. So whenever mm. something new comes up, you need to ask yourself or ask your partner, is this a hard no or is this a not yet? Right. And I, I think for the person who really wants something that they're not getting, having that distinction can be really helpful because if it's a no, it's like, okay, well, I might as well just stop asking Right. But if it's a not yet, then you know that in the future you could follow up on it. Be like, hey, babe, you know, we talked about introducing toys, let's say. Last time we talked about it, it was a not yet. Like, how are you feeling about that now? Right. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. I love that. Um, another thing that when I was looking, you know, trying to find some resources on this was to consider couples counseling. So that's something like you have experienced is going through counseling. I personally haven't ever. Jeff and I have never done couples counseling. It's something that I would love to do one day. It just hasn't, we haven't made it a priority at this point in time. Um, 
but for you would doing something like that help you either like navigate those conversations or you know like what how would that help or would it help yeah we actually had been in counseling for this exact issue and not okay. necess- well I shouldn't say exactly for this issue, but every time we would go to counseling, right. this is what we spent most of our time talking about. Yeah. We, we used to go, um, I think I've told this before, but we used to go annually. We'd go for an annual checkup. Um, this is the first year that we didn't do it because okay. of a number of reasons, but we will be going again next year. Yeah. Um, but yes, counselors are awesome. Good counselors can be hard to find, so make sure you find a good one. But Mm -hmm. this is something where counseling can help immensely because what used to happen with my wife and I is we would have one of these conversations, it would turn into an argument, and then that would just, then there's absolutely no sex happening that night, and then maybe go to bed angry, it bleeds into the next day, yada, yada, yada. So counseling was really helpful in helping us come up with ideas for compromise and helping Mm -hmm. us come up with ways to resolve conflicts based on our personalities for me if there's a conflict Ah. i want it i want it resolved right away i don't want to waste any time because that is time that we could be having fun or doing other things like enjoying happy moments together whereas my wife she needs time to process so the compromise the counselor came up with was okay sam my wife Give Kyle a time. So, okay, we will come back to this in one hour. Give me one hour to process and then we will come back, which was really good for me because I knew, okay, she's going to actually think about this and I know when we're going to be able to talk about it versus if she would just say, I don't know, we'll talk about it later. That would stress me out because I wouldn't know when later was. Yeah. So, yeah, a good counselor can be super helpful, and this is absolutely something that couples who are struggling with should really, really consider. Mm-hmm. No, that was super great. I feel like that'd be really helpful. Um, I did actually ask my wife to weigh in on this, and so we had a bit of a text conversation today. So I'll share a few of her thoughts just in case this is helpful to any of the other wives or husbands out there that are the spouse that receives more of these requests than gives more of these requests um so this was her advice to the guy she said and we talked about this a little bit already she said as the guy ask for what you want to try or do be explicit about it don't be vague but be okay with whatever answer you're giving Mm -hmm. and so once you get that answer that's your answer don't push for what thing you want you can talk about it a little bit more but be gentle about it. Don't try to push for what you want because if you've gotten that no or that not yet, it's not going to change in that moment. Okay, her next one was about like how she got to a place where she was willing to do these things. So she says, Mm -hmm. I mean, really, I had to just suck it up and eventually do it because I had no more excuses. Understanding Mm. Kyle was different and as long as there was no pressure and we were in a good and relaxed place, then I simply could try it. If it went wrong, then we would just go back to what we knew. So this was the whole idea of like, you know, why are you saying no? Like you talked about, right? Is it shame? Is it whatever it is? And eventually if she realized, okay, I'm just being lazy and not willing to try this thing. I might end up liking this thing. Let's try it. And there have been times where we have tried something and it was like, wow, that failed miserably. We're not doing that again. (laughs) Yeah. And then like, like I said earlier, right, you have those 
let's say it's positions again, you have those few positions that you know you can go back to. So yeah. trying something new is fine because like we talked about, I don't know, a few episodes ago, laugh it off. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Like if you do something yeah. and it goes ridiculous, you laugh, it's going to be a good story later. You can laugh about it, but yeah. you always have something that you can go back to because chances are you already have something that works. Yeah. I feel like a part of me thinks this could be like an entire episode in itself is excuses. Mm, Holy yeah. moly. For Especially, sure. and I'm saying this as a woman, like I feel like it can be women. Like I feel like we're bad at that sometimes where, I mean, I'm sure it's it's across the board too. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sure it is. But from what we often hear in, in our messages and stuff, it's like, it's women struggling with, well, I don't want to do this and I just... I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, why? Like, I don't know why we make up these excuses to not want to try these things. But like, like Sam said, it was like, you just eventually have to talk to yourself and be like, why am I saying no to this? What is the point? But that is, that all depends if you have a spouse or a partner who is continuing to like, to check you on it. Yeah. Like if, like if, if you would have asked Sam to do something, and she would have been like, not yet, or I'm not comfortable with that. And you never, ever, ever talk about it again, then you're never, ever going to do it again. Like you're never, that's never going to happen. And so I don't know. I, I just, if you, if your spouse isn't going to, you know, try again, like, like you said, whether it's a no or a not yet, I just wonder if people have those conversations where they just assume everything you're saying is just a no. So they never bother trying again if that makes sense. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, so her next point kind of to build on the previous one was, Mm. or simply do it because you're serving your spouse and work on your own heart posture. Mm -hmm. Be humble and acknowledge that there is a different way about your sex life than what you want to do. And so there's this idea of, and this goes way beyond sex. You are going to do things for your spouse that would not be your first choice. simply because you simply because you love them and I'm really hesitant to say this like when it comes to the bedroom because I don't want people to hear if your spouse wants something you have to do it because that's absolutely not what we're saying so please 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 don't hear that yeah you never are forced to do something you don't want to do this Mm -hmm. all comes from like a good solid foundation with good communication and there's clearly like love both ways and yeah enthusiastic consent yes enthusiastic consent so mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I that's wouldn't be my first choice of things to do, but I love you so much and I'm going to serve you that way and I'm going to do it joyfully. Yes. And not reluctantly or begrudgingly. Yes. Bitterly. Exactly. Yes. It all it all comes down to heart posture for sure. And I think that's a really I love how she worded that. It, it was all it's all about heart posture. Like yeah. how are you leaving the situation? Are you feeling filled and like, okay, that was, you know, beautiful. Maybe it wasn't what I expected but I was able to serve my spouse. Therefore we're feeling more connected versus you feeling and you're like eye rolling and you're like, well, that wasn't fun. And what a waste of time and et cetera. All, all comes down to heart posture. Yeah. And her next point here says you need to clearly set expectations uh, surrounding sex and the season you're in. So I like this a lot because it talks Mm -hmm. about two big things. One expectations. You need to talk about these things. 
right? That's the no's and not yet. So you got, you need to have these conversations so that you know, like, okay, what's on the table? What's off the table? Do we need to follow up on this in a few months and talk? Like, what are we going to do? What do you Mm -hmm. not want to do? This is all communication that happens outside of the bedroom. Yeah. This could be really good. Just even for a couple to like sit down and just talk about expectations, like to literally like, Hey, I was listening to this podcast and they talked about things that are like no's and not yet. Do you have anything that's like a hard no when it comes to sex or anything that's kind of not yet or maybe in the future? Super, I feel like super healthy to have those kinds of conversations. And I think if you're going to have a conversation like that, I would even get more explicit. If there's something that's on your mind, like, hey, what do you right. think about oral sex or toys or this position or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... Like for me, if someone asked me on the spot, like, do you have a no or a not yet? I'd be like, I don't know. Like, I'm not thinking about that right now. But if someone right. says to me, what do you think about, um, like if my wife comes and says, what do you think about giving me oral sex? I'd be like, oh, okay. Like I have an opinion on that. Probably I can come up on right. what I'm feeling about that quicker than, hey, come up with one thing out of all the things in the world. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To okay. actually come with, with a thing, a, a list of things that are like, here are some things that... I was thinking about whether it's yes, no, maybe so. No, yes, no, or not yet. Um, yeah. And it comes back to the whole idea. Like my wife and I are big on be explicit when you right. are talking, be as explicit as you can. Like just before we started this podcast, I said to my wife, Hey, can you grab me that thing over there? And it's like, huh? No. Like, <laughs> Hey, can you grab me the puzzle box on the cube over there, please? It just makes life so much easier. It's true. It's true. I also love that she added, sorry, added the season you're in. Yes. I was just going to say that exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because certain things will vary depending on the season you're in. And yeah, it's super easy to say like, yeah, you're going to go through seasons and you're going to have the post baby season. That's probably like the most common one that most people listening to this are going to go through. But even just in regular life, you are going to notice things change. It's going to be, you know, it might be really vanilla for a while. And then you might notice things start to pick up and then it might go back to vanilla. And this is something I had to learn is that like your sex life is going to have seasons. It is going to change. It is not going to continually be this perfect graph that starts low and goes high until forever. It's going to be more of like a roller coaster with ups and downs. And I have this kind of mentality of like, I always want to be getting better, like in my personal life. And I, and I brought that into our sex life. Like, why can't we always be getting better? Why do we have to go on these ups and downs? Right. And it's not necessarily that you have to, but it's just naturally going to happen. Like there are going to be Mm -hmm. times and seasons and external factors outside the bedroom that are going to affect things inside the bedroom. And Sometimes you just can't help that. And sometimes it just happens and you got to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Okay. So her last point is kind of where we're at now. And she says it's a balance because, so again, she's talking. I'm not going to suggest new things typically. So if he doesn't suggest new things, then nothing's going to change. And she is okay with that. It's one of those things where, she's fine doing a new thing, but she's also fine without it. So she's come to this place where if I suggest a new thing, she's much better at being open to it and being more willing to explore it and say yes. But if I don't come to her with new things, 
then she's totally fine just doing what we always do. And I've also come to a place where I'm not asking to do new things as much as I used to because Mm -hmm. I'm okay with like our base level sex, let's call it that. But (laughs) when I do want something new, I'm much more um, confident and to go to her and be like, hey, like, what do you think about trying this? And Mm -hmm. I would say too that the less I'm asking for new things or the less I'm suggesting new things, the more open to it she is. And I think, I think I was on Sheila Gregoire's website and she was talking about this where um, husbands at some point, if your wife is, I guess, annoyed with you and she (laughs) wasn't just talking about like suggesting new things. She was talking about, um, um, what was she, uh, like playful groping if that's a proper term to use, (laughs) but like the random butt grab or boob grab, like it's okay. But if, if it's a constant thing, it eventually just gets annoying and it becomes like a nag. And so Mm -hmm. the, I think it was her, or maybe it was a guest writer, but anyways, the author of the article was saying like, cut that out for a season, like commit to a period where you just stop that. If your other, if your spouse is annoyed with it and then like maybe slowly reintroduce it or talk about it. But for me, it got to a point where, okay, I'm going to stop asking for new things, stop suggesting new things. And then I felt like once I did again, she was way more receptive to it than when I'm constantly asking for it. And it's like, sometimes they just need a break. They don't want to hear another suggestion or another thing. Just shut up for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's, yeah, that's really good. I feel like that covered, like that's, in so many different areas of your life. It's like if your kid is constantly asking for one thing forever, it's like, I want candy, I want candy, I want candy. And you're like, no, like stop asking me. But then they don't. And suddenly they do want candy. And it's like a random one off. You're like, yeah, you can have a candy. Like you haven't asked for that in a long time. (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally true. Yeah. No, I think that was, that covered a lot of things. And like Sam had a lot of wisdom in that. So thank you to Sam for those inputs. Mm -hmm. That was really good. Um, But that's it for today, guys. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. Don't forget to leave a review for us and maybe we'll read it on a future episode. Share it with friends so we can reach more people and help more marriages. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like our content, please like, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and tell your friends too. Thanks so much for journeying with us today as we tackled the hard questions and dive deep into godly intimacy. Make sure you follow us on Instagram to see more of our content and check the show notes for any links we might've mentioned in today's episode. We're so grateful to be on this journey with you and we can't wait to see you in the next episode.